Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Hey, friends. Welcome to episode 470 of the My One podcast this is the go home show to thanksgiving it is thanksgiving week if you are listening as the show drops on monday november 20th i thank you for watching and or listening and of course subscribing to the youtube channel which we are just five subscribers away now we are at press time 995 subscribers just need five more to get to that thousand threshold so i encourage you if you haven't already click that subscribe button I am working on getting new, fresh content, some fun shorts and other videos out uh, every week in addition to the podcast. So uh, working on other ways of, of bringing a little fun and a little uh, of my one, two, three cents to you uh, on a more regular and consistent basis because uh, it, it, the last several years I've worked in the marketing world and the one thing that I have found is consistency is the key. So if you are listening to this and considering starting a new podcast, starting a new business, starting a new social media platform, some sort of content creation, you have got to be consistent with it and and play the long game and not get frustrated and, and irritated and annoyed when you don't have those vanity metrics that you're looking for. So really, that's kind of my little uh, piece of uh, of advice for the day, for the week, for the month, for the year, really, is consistency means everything and just about every walk of life, but especially when it comes to content creation, social media, uh, and podcasting. I've been doing this now almost nine years. We're just 30 episodes away, 30 weeks away from episode 500, and I want to do something big for episode 500. So I am looking for advice, input, suggestions, uh, big guest or, or an event, something. But episode 500, it'll fall in June of 2024. So uh, counting down and looking forward to that. Uh, I did mention it is the week of Thanksgiving and Pro Wrestling Tees has already started the uh, big sale for Black Friday. It started on Friday. It goes through this Friday. If you are, again, listening on the week of November 20th, there are a couple. If you're watching on video, you can see these. This is the Mondo and uh, um, Stride Pro Wrestling Mary Sentimus t-shirt. So it's Mondo the monkey with a, a Santa hat on. A fun design there. That was new last year, by the way. And this comes, and they all come in the long sleeve version, but... Uh, this one is a it's a green shirt and it's got to the Chevy Chase uh, Clark Griswold look from Christmas Vacation, but Mondo's head is over the face of of Clark Griswold and it says my one two three sent Miss Vacation. Probably some copyright issues involved. I don't know if there are 
please don't sue me. But uh, there are those shirts and, and others over at the uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash my123cents. And again, this week, uh, as you're listening to this, you can save, uh, I believe it's 20% on your order when you shop uh, and put in the code that they give you when you go in and log into, again, I think it's Black Friday or Friday is the is the code. I don't <laughs> I don't have it in front of me, but uh, that's a great way to support uh, the brand, support the podcast, support what we're doing here, and uh, that also goes for ThighHuggers.com. You can uh, put in promo code my one two three cents when you check out and save money there. They do have several that are on clearance right now, Christmas themed. Uh, again, these are great for working out, running, wrestling. Uh, swimming, whatever it is, uh, your active lifestyle, they're, they're fun, different creative designs. You can actually do custom ones as well. But again, use promo code MY123CENTS there. Collar and elbow also, it's the same deal. MY123CENTS is the promo code and you save on your purchase. And I got the housekeeping items out of the way. And we talked about supporting the brand. And that includes the MY123CENTS uh, wrestling figure drive this year uh, again kind of go on it alone with uh, not having a wrestling show to kind of hang my hat on with this and I say going it alone that's really not true uh, I am working with the folks at Castle Perilous Books and Games in Carbondale Illinois and they are giving a free hero clicks figure to whomever donates a wrestling action figure to the wrestling figure drive there's a, a tub, a tote, a bin, whatever you want to call it, set up there at Castle Perilous. Again, this is in Carbondale, Illinois. You just drop in uh, your, still in the wrapper, still in the package. These are new wrestling figures. They're going to be going out. Um, they don't have to be newly purchased, but they have to still be in the package because from time to time we get collectors who keep things uh, mint on card and, and they've decided to update their collection. And so they're, they purge some of their stuff that's uh, still in the box and I'm more than happy to take those off your hands and make sure that a kid wakes up Christmas morning with one uh, to open. So again, uh, it is uh, that's one way to, to donate is by taking them to Castle Perilous in Carbondale. You can Venmo me, Kevin hyphen Huntsberger, um, and I'm going to go shopping the week before the the event ends. It ends on, on a Monday and I take everything and usually Monday or probably, it'll probably be sometime that week because I have a couple things going on early on in that week that's going to probably prevent me from getting two Toys for Tots to drop off. But I can promise you that everything that is donated goes directly to Toys for Tots in Carbondale, Illinois. And then they distribute those toys to kids in Jackson, Jackson, Jefferson, Franklin, Saline, and Williamson counties. And those toys... Again, uh, the last few years, I, I this is year six, and I think probably to date, I would say we've probably donated roughly about 800 figures. I'd have to sit down and do the math. I didn't record the total numbers on every year, uh, but this year the goal is 300. And I really, really, if, if we hit 300, that would be a record. Uh, right now the record is 232, as I came clean uh, a couple of months ago with the year that we Said we hit 252, it was really 232. Uh, we were close. We just fudged it a little to get Hunter Woodworth to shave his head. Hunter, again, a great sport for doing that. So, um, uh, but again, if you can't donate, um, 
sharing the information goes uh, even further. It, it goes a long way. So just share uh, the pinned post on the My123 Cents Facebook page. Um, it's got ways on how to donate and give back and, and help those who um, are in need this holiday season. And I'm unfortunately afraid that that number is going to be more than it typically is. So again, any little bit that you can give will go a long way. I got a, a Venmo the other day from someone who had made a donation. And again, I don't announce the names on here of people who donate because uh, they they don't say don't or, or do announce it. But I just kind of assume everybody wants that privacy. Um, but if you donate and, and want, uh, want a shout out, I am more than happy to do that as well. So uh, we've had some folks in the past who have given a lot, and I'm hoping that uh, we can connect um, and I will meet you and pick up toys um, as we are getting closer to that deadline. Um, typically, a collect through uh, the week of December 11th is when they start really getting big time into the, the distribution and, and, and that mindset. So uh, I really, that week of December 11th is going to be when I wrap things up and, and take everything over there. So please, if you are able to give, get in touch with me before December 11th. So dropping off at Castle Perilous, Venmoing me and I will I will do the shopping or sending me a check, handing me some cash. I promise all of this goes right to the toys. And then uh, lastly, you can order online and have them shipped to me. And I know, you know, the wrestling, the major brothers, the, the major wrestling figure podcast, they do their toy drive. That's where this all came from. They, I stole their idea and just put it on a local level because we had the platform and the ability to do that. And so uh, they work with ringside collectibles and you can order on ringside collectibles as well. They have a big sale going on. I think some figures are as low as five bucks. So if you order from ringside collectibles and want to have them shipped to me directly, um, let me know and I'll give you my address and we can take care of that and, and have that taken care of as well. So this week uh, I mentioned on social media that I was, it was a crazy weekend ahead and I wasn't going to be around or I wasn't sure what I was going to look, what things were going to look like. It so happens that I am back on Sunday afternoon. And so uh, back home that is on Sunday afternoon. And so I'm recording on Sunday. I was originally going to record Wednesday, but long story didn't have, everything that I needed. And so uh, I decided to just do an ask my one, two, three cents. So I got a few questions. So we'll go through those and, and, and answer some questions and throw out some other thoughts and ideas. And uh, we'll go from there. But uh, again, like I said earlier, uh, my big ask my one, two, three cents question for you is episode 500. What would you like to see and or hear on that week's episode? Um. I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, our friends at Castle Perilous. We were talking about them earlier where you can drop off your new wrestling figures at for the toy drive. Um, they want to know who I think is the most underrated current wrestler. You know, I always view questions like this about, you know, when, when you uh, rank somebody or if you think somebody's underrated, are you looking at it through the eyes of the fans are they underrated in the eyes of the fans or are they underrated in the eyes of the company that they're working for or the wrestling business in general? Um, in most cases, that's going to be WWE uh, that may be overlooking or not giving someone the push or the things that we think as fans that that wrestler deserves. And there are, are uh, probably exceptions to every rule. I jotted down a handful of, of, of men and women that I feel like 
could be or should be or should have, and I know the question was current active wrestlers, but there's a couple on here who were recently released that I'm not sure what the future holds for them. Uh, but number one was Dolph Ziggler. I feel like he was so close to breaking through and, and being that major, major superstar. And I, and I, I always liked Dolph Ziggler. I liked him back in the spirit club, or spirit club, the spirit squad days. I think that he has and can, uh, had and has tons of potential. And even though he is uh, in his early 40s, could definitely uh, still be a major player in either WWE, AEW, going to TNA or or Ring of Honor, any of those other companies would be the top dog for sure. But I think that he could have been and should have been uh, a longer run as WWE, WWF, WWF, WWE heavyweight or universal champion, uh, without a shadow of doubt. Chad and I were in New York when, or New Jersey, I guess, New York or New Jersey, wherever, I think it was in New Jersey or in New York where he actually cashed in the money in the bank uh, and beat Alberto Del Rio. That was one of my favorite live raw moments. Um, but, you know, he had the concussions and the injuries and, and it all kind of accumulated and he surrendered the title shortly thereafter. So I, I always wonder what a longer WWE or a Dolph Ziggler WWE champion or world champion run would have looked like. Um, on that same token, someone who is still with the company, who's kind of getting a bit more into the limelight now, but for a long time did not, and that's Finn Balor. I, uh, I love Finn Balor. I think that I enjoyed his match with Edge at WrestleMania, the Hell in a Cell, the fact that he got hit in the head with that ladder and continued on and how quickly they tended to him and worked on him, to me, speaks volumes of of, of uh, Finn Balor's character and his, his uh, drive and desire and toughness. And he's another one that got injured right after winning the, the first Universal champion back, I think it was 2016 or 2017, he wins that championship and is pretty quickly injured in the process. In fact, in the match that he won the title, he's injured and has to surrender it the next day. Um, and since coming back, never really recaptured that glory, but had great matches with Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble that one year, and then uh, matches with Seth Rollins, Edge, like I said. Um, I just feel like he's one of those guys that is a, a utility player who, um, you know, again, maybe not the most charismatic, but just a, a genuine good guy that I would like to see them do more with and, and have more success. And I know, I guess he's currently a half of the tag team champion. So how can you say a champion is underrated? Well, I think that this recent push has been good, but it could have come a little sooner, in my opinion. Johnny TV, as we know him now on AEW, but before uh, it was John Morrison, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, all of those characters. I have always enjoyed his his abilities in the ring as well. I think that, uh, you know, an underrated talent who's been around for a long time, the Eminem days and uh, the Tough Enough and all, all of that. He's come a long way, and I think that he could have been. I would have liked to have seen him get a win or two over the Miz when when he first uh, when they turned on each other and and started feuding. Shelton Benjamin goes without saying. I know he was recently released. I'm not sure where he's going to end up or if he's going to be done. But 
man, so much potential. And I really had hoped when they were creating uh, the Hurt Business that he was going to get some kind of big rub and maybe not a, a heavyweight championship run, but definitely some guy, one of those guys that in the day definitely should have been a WWE champion when he beat Triple H that time back in what, 04, 05. It felt like the momentum was starting to swirl around him, but uh, for whatever reason, it was never meant to be. But Shelton Benjamin, one of the all-time greats that uh, never held the heavyweight title, in my opinion. Um, and then on the women's side, I'm going to put Natalia. I think that Natalia is uh, one of those who has become a utility player as well. Uh, she is great at putting over the other talent. She's got the years of experience and has been champion. But I think in the eyes of the fans and in the eyes of the company, she is someone who uh, is underrated. And I'm also going to put, and this this one may be the controversial one, uh, Chelsea Green. Uh, there is something about her that I like. She's got the character development down. Um, her in-ring stuff has, has come along and has, has improved. I really find her to be an entertaining character. This, this latest go-around even more so. But uh, the stuff that she did in Impact Wrestling uh, before, uh, you know, years ago and what she's doing now, the Karen stuff and, and teaming with Piper Niven and being the women's champions, uh, the tag team champions. I, I just think, and again, it's a champion. How can she be underrated? I, I think that sometimes, you know, even the champions get overlooked or, or could be booked a little better but i i think that the momentum right now is behind her and i i hope that wwe continues to go with that and continues to uh work with her and make her even better than what she is uh ken johnson longtime supporter and he is going through and actually listening to every episode and he updates me where he's at and, and where he's going but i guess one thing i should have asked ken i mean i think he's working his way I think he's working from episode one up. I think that's what he's doing. Ken, if, if I'm wrong about that, let me know. But he um, asks questions from time to time, and I try to get all of those in. Um, and Ken, I've met him many, many years ago here in Southern Illinois. Uh, when we were both working in different places, but he uh, has been a, a big supporter through the years, and I appreciate that. But uh, one of his questions is, how are Lane Austin and Curly doing? So for locals who know you know the independent wrestling scene here lane austin was the referee for stride pro wrestling and uh curly was a wrestler in aapw and then wrestled in stride both friends of of tyler uh heath hatton and both had some pretty big medical issues come up in their in their time you know lane needed a uh a, a kidney uh, yeah kidney and a, a pancreas a transplant. He fortunately got that about five years ago. I remember it was when I was in Las Vegas doing the tryout for, for Impact Wrestling. Uh, he got the call that he was going to get the transplant. Uh, and Stride had done a benefit show and, and raised money for him. And, and he's doing well from a result of that. Admittedly, I am not as, you know, since I have disconnected, not disconnected, but I'm not connected to, uh, you know, Ignite Pro Wrestling or or no fold wrestling or CCW or any of the wrestling companies anymore. I, I, I kind of watch from afar, but I am not, you know, in the locker room and I'm not seeing the guys and talking to them. And it's one of those things that, you know, people, you know, 
we go through life and people come in and out of our lives and, and we, you know, are riding that wave of friendship for a while while we're all together and then people kind of separate. And I'm hoping this doesn't make me sound like a dick and in, in, in saying all this, but I, you know, Lane was just someone that I did not continue through Snapchat and through social media. We keep up, but beyond that, I haven't seen him in probably a couple of years now. Um, so I, you know, he seems to be doing well and, and is healthy. I know he moved, uh, he left Southern Illinois back, gosh, a couple of years ago now at least, and then has since come back, but I've not seen him since then, since that last show he did with Stride, which I think would have been, I want to say it was 2021, but again, time all kind of waves into, and I, and I can't remember what from what, but, uh, it's been a minute since I've seen him and, and kind of the same with Curly, you know, we did that six man tag. Uh, speaking back to the thigh huggers, that was the one and only time I wore thigh huggers to a wrestling show. But uh, it was a six man tag with me and Curly and, and uh, Heath Hatton against uh, Brian Richards, the uh, uh, AJ Kellis and uh, uh, David Lee Walker. And it was a fun match. And and Curly was, you know, he was having heart issues and, and I think still has, you know, Tyler saw him not too very long ago and sent me a snap of, of them together and uh, Curly had a big smile on his face, but he always did. So uh, seemingly, and I'm not, I'm not connected with Curly on social media. So, but from what I do see and hear, he's doing well as well. So uh, I'm saying all that to say that maybe I probably should do a better job of keeping in touch with people, which is a character flaw that I have. And I know that there are some people that will confirm that. So. Uh, but yeah, that it is what it is, and I and again, I'm I'm not trying to be a douche about it, but the, it's it, it, that has kind of fallen off and and become uh, the way it is, uh, unfortunately. Ken has two more questions, and these are fun ones. Um, if I could uh, pick an announced team to be a part of from each decade in, in WWE and in uh, WCW, who would they be? And you know, the three man booth, I. I'm not a big fan of it. I always liked the two-man booth. So I kind of envisioned myself more uh, of a Sean Mooney type or a Todd Pettengill, someone that was kind of in the other studio or on location and kind of doing the reporting back and, and interacting with the commentators that way versus being in there and sitting at the table because I would be overwhelmed and 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 wouldn't be able to handle that. But, you know, this is fantasy world. So uh, for the 80s, I picked uh, for 80s WWF, Jesse, the Body Ventura, and Vince McMahon. I loved that duo on Saturday night's main event. I loved hearing them on Superstars, uh, you know, Gorilla Mon or I'm sorry, um, Bruno San Martino was in there as well uh, for that three-man booth on on challenge or on uh, Superstars. But uh, being, being paired with Jesse and Vince would have been awesome. Uh, for JCP, you know, Jim Crockett Promotions, Tony Schiavone and and David Crockett. I mean, those two guys were the voices of that promotion and, and for a very long time until Jim Ross came in and uh, David Crockett kind of moved out of that way. Uh, in the 90s, Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, I think that uh, the 1992 Royal Rumble may be my favorite commentary event of all time. Uh, the whole event from top to bottom, but uh, especially the Rumble match itself, just the way that those two, they were the dynamic duo of, of announcers, of commentators. Um, 
and they weren't together that long in the 90s, you know, from 90 to 93. Um, but they did uh, the primetime show in, in the late 80s together. Um, and then that carried over somewhat into the 90s a little bit. But uh, I just loved the duo of Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, for WCW in the 90s, um, I picked Tony Schiavone and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. They did uh, some great shows together, and uh, I think Dusty would have been fun working with uh, in, in that capacity as well. Um, for the uh, 2000s, I mean, how can you not pick G Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler? They were uh, the voices of the Attitude Era, and I know that that was, uh, you know, 2000. Uh, I don't know when they kind of split and, and and stopped working together, but they were together through the late mid to late 90s and into the mid 2000s, I think. But uh, definitely would have picked uh, being a part of that team, um, you know. And then current commentary, uh, you know, Michael Cole was someone who I did not like for a long time, uh, especially when they were trying to do the heel run with him. Uh, but in the last, I don't know, five or six years, he's grown on me. I, I don't mind him. Um, I, I really like he and Wade Barrett together. Renee Packwit or uh, when she was Renee Young in WWE, I enjoyed her being on commentary. I like Booker T as a commentator, and I know not everybody does. Um, current, you know, Tony Schiavone on AEW, I, I enjoy hearing him. Um uh, I, I don't think, honestly, I don't think there's, at least from my perspective, bad commentary out there. I don't, I very often, you know, when I do watch and listen, and it's usually in, in shorter spurts or on a premium live event or a pay-per-view, um, the commentary is not bad, and I, I enjoy it. Um, and I do think the WWE commentary has gotten more relaxed in the in the absence of Vince McMahon producing everybody in their earpieces. But, uh, I think that, it, you know, I, again, I, I'm not come from that world. So the broadcast booth and, and, and that once upon a time, what could have been world that I still kind of live in, in my mind, well, it would have been fun. And especially back in the eighties and nineties with Bobby and gorilla and mean gene, um, and all those guys, it, it would have been a blast. Ken's final question, uh, what are some of my favorite entrance songs? Well, Chad and I did an episode on this. I think we did it a while back, and, and I didn't go back to listen to see if anything's changed in my perspective. But um, And I want to tackle more of this, and hopefully, hopefully in 2024, Chad and I will be able to sit down and do some Music Mania podcast kind of flirted with it and hinted at it but i really want to get down down and, and do some of those but my my two favorite like immediate favorite ones um that come to mind are gold dust theme um there's something about that theme that i always loved and then rick flair 2001 space odyssey um i loved that theme so much that i had it played at our wedding reception when my wife and i walked into the uh reception uh, the band played it. So I love those two theme songs. Um, now more current modern day art and, and then Shawn Michaels, a sexy boy. Uh, and I don't know if people remember or not, but the original version of that, it's Sherry singing 
the theme song. And then, of course, when she leaves and goes to WCW, uh, Sean's song gets replaced with, or the vocals get replaced with him singing. Um, I always found that interesting. And I always liked the early 90s, you know, when we had, like, Big Boss Man had theme music and Ted DiBiase had theme music. And uh, I liked all of those um, theme songs back then. But... Uh, others that really kind of stand out to me today, Randy Orton, um, uh, voices. I like that one. John Cena's theme song. I enjoy AJ Styles, AJ Styles theme song. It really clicked with me as being something kind of popular because when my daughter was a junior high cheerleader at the basketball games, they would play AJ's theme music during the warmups and stuff, which I, it was the only WWE music they played, which I always thought was kind of weird because they're playing other songs, but I'm like, that's AJ Styles theme. So I always found that interesting. Um, and then last but not least, and this may be uh, a bit of a, a surprise to some people, uh, is Sasha Banks. I loved her WWE music. Um, I don't know what she comes out to as Mercedes Monet, but Sasha is one of those uh, superstars, wrestlers, that my opinion is probably not really high of, and people probably would argue with me back and forth on, but I always did like her better as a heel. Um, but I think her theme song was, was fire. And I really, yeah, I just said fire. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So I think that for me, Sasha, uh, her music goes up there on that list as well. I think I am to the last question, and that comes to us from Gregory Townsend, who says, I am loving the WWE, what WWE has been doing with documentaries. Um, what would you like, what subject would you like them to approach next? And is there an episode of the Dark Side of the Ring that you would like to see? I'm going to start with that question first, the Dark Side of the Ring. I've talked briefly about Dark Side of the Ring. Um, I, ha I have enjoyed the dark side of the ring episodes that I've seen. I haven't seen them all because they don't all stream. Like they stream very randomly, which ones, which episodes and which seasons are available for free stream. Um, and cause we cut the cord on cable a while back. And so I try to find the, the ones that are streaming when I can and, and watch those. And, you know, the Bruiser Brody, the Macho Man, Randy Savage and Elizabeth, the Von Erics, you know, I've seen all of those. Um, and, and I will eventually get around and watch more of those, but I know that that series has become polarizing amongst the people that are in the business versus the fans that uh, enjoy it. Um, and who doesn't enjoy getting some gossip, getting some dirt, getting some behind the scenes details, but it's been called into question by more than one person who has appeared on the show. Uh, kind of the ethics maybe involved with some of the, you know, the framing of a question and then the answer. And then is it really the answer to the question that they were asking? Were, were the producers taking liberties with what was being said and editing stuff to sound a little more sexy or sensational than it really was? I, you know, those are the accusations. And I can, can certainly see that and understand that. And I think that they have gotten better with that since those accusations came out. But again, I'm, I'm not here to judge that. But I often wonder, because we live in such a negative world right now, especially right now, 
would the world be ready for a bright side of the ring? And I've talked briefly about this before, but would we tell those stories of promoters or wrestlers who give back of their time and of their money and of their experience and the things that they do that don't get captured on camera, the, the, the funerals that are paid for, the treatment programs that are paid for that don't get the spotlight. Um, you know, Connor's cure, I look at Connor's cure and how that was a very sad situation, but WWE worked with the family and worked with others to, in my opinion, make it a positive situation and, and Connor's cure in that foundation and, and that kind of thing. So I'm sure there are others out there that have that kind of ability and, 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 and those stories that could be told, but they may not be as sexy. They may not sell because again, we kind of crave that dirt and, and hearing the stuff that goes on behind the scenes or the things that happen in front of us that uh, we watch and, and that tragedy and those downfalls. But, you know, for people like Chris Candido and Sonny and others who have, have had hard times upon them you know let's lift and prop and help and not just criticize and judge and complain i, I talked about that and it may have been in this episode where i i did a, a few weeks a couple months ago now probably uh, wrestling with addiction or wrestling with you know those kinds of things that become those great stories that we like to watch. And, you know, I'm seeing kind of unfolding right now, Buff Bagel running into more trouble with the law. And I hope the wrestling community does not, the fans that is, uh, does not uh, take liberties with this and, and poke fun. He's going through treatment and he's been going, he's had a hard time. And we, again, we don't truly understand addiction and what all that is about. And so hopefully he is able to, recover and get on the road to recovery and, and get a better handle and better control on his life uh, for sure. Uh, Gregory also asks about, you know, what, what topics would I like or what subjects would I like to see them dive into? One of them's right behind me. I always reference Gobbledygooker these days, and especially since it is the week of Thanksgiving and the debut of Gobbledygooker 33 years ago now. Um, I would like to see kind of them do more of those where they I don't want to say poke fun at themselves, but kind of look at some of the sillier things that came through gimmick wise. Um, and the ideas, not just only the ideas behind them, but then I want to dive even deeper then into the whole marketing and the creative process of when an idea is presented, you know, was Hector Guerrero responsible for the costume? Did he have to buy it if, he lost a glove or if something happened to it. Um, Cause I know wrestlers, especially on the indie scene, they're wearing, you know, their own gear and they're putting together their own stuff, but are they having to, you know, gold dust? The costume was very glittery and golden and, and probably not cheap. So when a wrestler is given a gimmick like that, are they responsible then for the upkeep, the up, not only the upkeep of it, but then, the purpose of it or are these things, is it kind of like your uniform at work? You know, Ric Flair wore the big flowing robes. He paid for those. There were no companies buying the robes because that was him and he was behind that. But, you know, 
if he came to the WWF back in the day and they would have told him, you know, we don't want you to wear robes anymore. We want you to wear the sequence jumpsuit, like the honky tonk man, for example, was honky tonk man buying his own jumpsuits or was that part of the budget for being that wrestler? So I, I, I really, and I, it's probably not a great documentary series and it'd be more of a question to ask on a podcast, but the marketing side of things of, of the, the, from creative services, the development of an idea to where it goes and then how they market it, how they come up with the action figures, you know, how are we going to do these figures, uh, t-shirts and the designs and, and the work that goes into all that. I would love to see more of the behind the scenes um, in that world and seeing where they're coming up with the ideas and, and what works and what doesn't work and what haven't we seen, you know, what were some of the ideas, what were some of the action figures that we were supposed to get that never made it out or what were some of the gimmicks or characters, you know, the stories of Papa Shango was supposed to return during the attitude era. Uh, but instead would, became the godfather, you know, the care, you know, Charles Wright became the godfather instead. I, I want to know more of those stories of what could have been um, or what might have been versus uh, kind of the negative things that, that did happen. Um, and I do want to still check out the Vladimir Superfan. Uh, Chad and I remember seeing him at WrestleMania the first year we went to WrestleMania and always wondering, and we actually... Uh, for a second, we were all in the lobby at uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony and he was, you know, people were chanting for him and cheering because by then I think we all knew his name was Vladimir. But uh, it was it was very cool to see him because after seeing him in the crowd for so many years uh, and then seeing him in person like that uh, was was pretty neat. So I, I said that was the last question. Actually, I forgot Chad's question here and it is on my list. I was jumping around on my list. Uh, Chad's question is, what is the worst match you've ever seen in person? I thought about this and I did not want to like drag any independent wrestlers and, and put them on here because a lot, and I'll put myself in all of those, you know, I, I am not a wrestler and I look horrible when I'm in there. I ran into some buddies a couple of weeks ago, we were reminiscing and they, they drove down from St. Louis to watch me wrestle. And one of them had video from that match still and showed it to, to everybody. And I, just the one little clip that I saw of myself, and that was the very first match back in 2012. God, this was horrible, and I never got any better. Um, so I, I would put myself in that category chat of all of the worst matches in person because I was a part of them. Um, but I'm saying all that to say that I'm not going to criticize or, or judge any independent wrestlers because to me on the indie scene, 99% of the time it's men and women who are learning the craft or uh, you know, they have not been in WWE or in AEW or WCW. Um, so, and, and, and here, here it comes. Uh, the, the, I'm quantifying or qualifying this worst match as being the outcome and the kind of development of it and the booking of it and, and the why of it uh, more so than the work rate. I'm probably being too nice and, and don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Not that I think that anybody is going to hear this that uh, was involved in any of these, but when they did the Donald Trump, Rosie O'Donnell match in 2007, it was at a Monday night raw in St. Louis, Chad and I, and uh, our friend Randy were there in attendance for that. It was not good. It was, it was horrible. It was stupid. It was, you know, that sports entertainment side of things that, 
Sometimes I question, and I, and I don't get it all the time. I do like sports entertainment. I'm not a, opposed to it at all. I love it, as, as a matter of fact. And not everything's going to be a hit. And that that stuff was not a hit, uh, you know, and I, I didn't understand why they were doing it. I guess I understood because they were trying to, to cash in on some pop culture things, but I thought the execution and the, the outcome of it was stupid as far as the end game. Um, and then another one that I, I did not enjoy, my boy Daniel Bryan. I know this is a Brian Danielson shirt, but Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus at WrestleMania, one of the WrestleManias that we were at. I think it was the one in Miami. So 28. Again, these all run together and I can never remember. It was in 2012. That was the year of the WrestleMania. But anyway, it was a WrestleMania where Daniel Bryan was the heavyweight champion, the world champion, and was defending the title against Sheamus in a uh, – it was the opening match, I think. He turns around, he being Daniel Bryan, turns around to kiss AJ Lee, turns around, and he takes a bro kick and Sheamus pins him, and it's over just like that. And I know that they were doing it to tell a story or whatever, but I I am a big Daniel Bryan fan, and I wanted to see more of a match and see him wrestle and, and defend the championship. Um, and, and I guess to an extent, you could also argue and throw in the Brock Lesnar, Kofi Kingston, but I wasn't there live for that one. But uh, for that one, and I know a lot of times they do these really quick matches because they want it to look like, you know, so they can make a comeback where the – the champion or the contender was surprised or they, you know, can make an argument and make a case and, and come back and, and wrestle or, or get the rematch. But um, I, I didn't see any benefit to the the celebrity match, if you will, with, with Trump and Rosie and, and they were indie workers and I don't remember who they were. And Chad, I, I know Chad knows and, and will probably comment and, and say something, but I honestly don't remember who they were, but uh, th- those would be my, Probably some of my least favorite live matches. I'm sure there's something in there with the great Kali that we could mention. Um, and probably other celebrities that, uh, you know, WrestleMania laundry pillow fights and Playboy Bunny matches that we were at. But that is that is it for now. That is the final uh, question. Again, I appreciate everyone who weighed in and asked questions. Everyone who likes, shares, and comments on this podcast. Um, the year is winding down quick. It is Thanksgiving week, so enjoy that turkey. Enjoy your celebration, whatever it is that you do to celebrate Thanksgiving. I hope that you have a great week and come back next week where we will have more from the world of professional wrestling and my one, two, three cents on all of it. Thanks again for listening and or watching. Have a great week, and we will talk again soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.